0: Welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what he's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco podcast.
1: The Wilco podcast. My name is Jenny McGrew. This is episode number 17, and we're just really, really, really excited about this episode that we have for you uh, this episode was taken from one of our Wilco Grow Labs just a couple of weeks ago, and we had the extraordinary privilege of having Dustin Smith in the house with us, as many of you probably were on that call uh, online, um, Dustin just poured his heart out to all of us. If, if you are a creative, if you're a songwriter, if you're an aspiring songwriter, if you wish that you could write songs or you just felt like you had something that just needed to come out from inside of you, this is your moment. And I know that I know that I know, uh, that something is going to shift inside of you from having listened to this episode. So get ready, stay tuned. Uh, Dustin just pours his heart out and his best for you guys. And uh, one of the things we love, love, love about Dustin is he's just got such a kingdom heart. And uh, you know, when we were on the phone um, talking about this episode beforehand, he just said, you know, Jenny, he said, I've just watched Wilco honor a lot of people. And he said, I just want to pour honor back into Worship Leaders Collective. So that's his heart. Uh, You're going to be drinking from a deep well. So here we go.
2: Hey, it's good to be with you guys. This is always fun uh, to be able to hang out with other songwriters and people who are just digging in. And I love, actually, thanks for that introduction. I think the best part of the introduction was that he's a good listener. I've been married 23 years. And so I've been trained um, pretty well in listening, you know, and if you, if you want to stay married for 23 years, you don't get, you don't learn how to just talk. You have to learn how to listen. Right. So, uh, you can thank my wife uh, for that comment right there. That was a, it was a great comment. I actually, I'm actually going to go talk to her about it when we get done and <laughs> remi- remind her. <laughs> Uh, And just tell her that compliment. So no, Um, I do. I've been married 23 years to um, Gina and she is, I met her in Bible college. Actually, we were both doing music together. I have three kids. I have a 19 year old daughter, a 15 year old son and a 10 year old son. And the reason I bring that up is because, um, you know, even in songwriting, I have people all the time tell me like, I just don't know when I, I have time, you know. Um, but songwriting isn't a full-time job for me. I'm, I'm a pastor of a church, also run a ministry where we travel, uh, quite a bit and lead worship different places. And so songwriting for me is something I just love to do. And I think when you love something enough, you'll make time for it, you know? And so I'll just tell you just a little bit of my story because this could probably be encouraging for some of you, um, when I started writing songs, the very first song I ever wrote, well, the very first song I ever wrote was for my wedding, but it's super embarrassing and no one hopefully will ever hear it. Uh, I tried to get my wife to cry. Uh, Cause I thought, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to write a song that makes her cry. And during our wedding, she didn't, she didn't cry at all. And she just stared at me the whole time. And afterwards I was like, I was really working it there. You know, she's like, she goes, Do you know how long it took to put this makeup on? Like we still had pictures after this. And I was like, wow. Um, and so that that song kind of went. I just I just acted like I've never written a song before. So I so the first song I ever really wrote um, was actually my pastor preached a message. I was the worship leader at our church. I had just started playing the piano because my pastor made me. I went to school for music, but I only did vocal. I did not want to play the piano. I wanted to, but I didn't want to play classical. It's the only thing they would teach me. So I just quit, And um, which God was probably trying to use that then, but I wasn't smart enough to listen then. So uh, my pastor one day came and said, hey, jump on the piano and try a piece of equipment. And I said, I don't play the piano. And he's like, you went to school for music. You can't play anything. I said, I could play three chords, which actually is pretty much most of worship. So I uh, found out it actually really benefited me, you know, uh, down the road, but I could play a C chord. I could play a G chord, F chord, that was all I could play. And he's like, that's fine. So I got up and tried out this piece of equipment. And afterwards he came up and he said, hey, I want you to start playing the piano uh, in service. And we had a great piano player. And I was like, no, I'm okay he's like, no, it's not really, I'm not really asking you. I'm really telling you like you're supposed to play. So that set me kind of on a journey to like sit. I sat in my basement. I'd sit for hours just trying to figure out how to play the piano. So I didn't mess up worship services. You know, that was the only reason I did it. And, um, and I'd love to say that God touched my fingers and all of a sudden became like this amazing piano player, but I didn't. And so when I first started writing songs, I was super limited on the piano and I was leading at our church. And I heard my pastor preach a message that I could not find a song for. And I just knew as a worship pastor, I knew that there's something that's powerful. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there's something powerful when your pastor preaches a message to you and it brings you to life, right? Like you hear something and you're like, man, that really resonates with me. That really connects with me. So I realized there's an an even more powerful thing that happens when you can take that message that brings a person to life and get it to come from an entire body at one time. So I was like, I'm gonna start writing all the, every song I can based on my pastor's messages, because if it's a word for me, it's probably a word. If it's a word for our house, it should probably be a word from our house. Does that make sense? And so I just started digging in really only on his messages. And uh, our church, I've, I, I wrote one song, wrestled through it. Um, I would sit down. I didn't know how to do it super well. So I would sit down in the middle of the night and I would open up the Psalms. And I would just start singing the Psalms and and I would just play, try not to look at my fingers as I played, you know, and then I would start rewriting the Psalms and I would just make up stuff, you know, as I was going, just trying to figure out how to reword things and how to how to maybe form a message. And so out of that, our church started singing those songs and it really took off for our church. We had people who visited And ended up taking those songs to their church. And if I'm really honest, I never, I never ever had any intentions of writing for anything beyond my church. Like I didn't even know there was a system. I I was super ignorant of the system in Nashville. So it really did come from a pure place. I had no ulterior motives. Um, You know, I was paid as a worship leader. So I didn't, I didn't need the money for, from songs. So I wasn't trying to get money from it. I wasn't trying to get fame from it. I didn't even, you know, know that there was an avenue that people tried to do that. And so when I was writing songs, I was purely writing songs for our church. And because, you know, I was so invested in the church and how much I loved the church and what God was doing, um, that's really never changed for me. Uh, I think what started to happen was I met uh, Michael Farron, who's a good friend, Michael Farron wrote the song "Let It Rain." Some of you know know him, and and he, you know, um, basically heard some of my songs and wanted to get together. We got together, and next thing you know, I got a call from Integrity Music. Um, they said that they love the songs. I was like, "That's awesome!" You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily know that that, that necessarily matters to me, but um, they were like, "What do you think about signing with us?" And I was like, "I don't even know what that means." <laughs> <laughs> so they flew me out to Colorado Springs and they set me down and basically just went through our songs and stuff. And, you know, I didn't I really didn't know even what it meant to fully co-write. I had only written with my guitar player, James, who who I still write with. Um, we've been worship, leading worship together for about 18 years. And so everything really just started out super basic. I'd never taken a class on songwriting. I didn't even know there were sessions or books on songwriting, I just wanted to figure out how to put the words in our congregation's mouth. And then I met a friend, Jenny Riddle, and I think she she made a statement that really rocked my world and probably caused me to pursue it a little bit harder on a larger scale. And she said that songwriters have one of the most important jobs in the world. And she said what it is, is she says we get to put words on the most powerful lips on the planet. The most powerful voice on the planet is the church. And we get to craft the message that comes out of the church to the world to make the glory of God known. Wow. Uh, you know, in Habakkuk it says, and the knowledge of the glory of God will flood the earth. And I think we've all talked about the glory of God will flood the earth, but Habakkuk it says, the knowledge of the glory of God. And so what is that wrapped up in the knowledge of God unless somebody speaks it? The Bible says, how do they know unless they hear? How do they hear unless they're told? And so there's something powerful that songwriters have an opportunity to do to craft a message of what God is doing in the earth. Put it on the lips of the most powerful voice on the planet and let it be released through the earth so the earth knows. Look at what God is doing. There is hope in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of frustrations, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of war, in the midst of trials, in the midst of cancer. There is a voice crying out in the wilderness saying, look who has come. The king has come. Uh, Make way. Make a straight path for him. Make high places low and low places high to make a highway for our God. And so what are we doing? We're crafting words that are are the message of the kingdom of God on the earth. We're we're crafting words that the spirit of God is wanting to release on the earth right now. And that really awoken me to something even greater and a responsibility I had. So I didn't, I, you know, I never really took it lightly because I thought it was super important for our church, but I felt the Lord start telling me like, this is something that you need to take a responsibility for in the earth. And it's time for you to recognize that I'm going to do something throughout the earth. I read a report one time and it said, it was a few years back, but it was a report from CCLI. And it said in one weekend around the world, um, uh, I think it was "How Great Is Our God" was sung in one day more than any Beatles song was sung in history. Wow. Well, I know some. You know, some people can kind of. You know, they it may not be their Chris Tomlin may not be their style, or they may say, "Well, that's a an English version," all this kind of stuff. But the 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 point of it is, there's a message. Of, of how great our God is being released throughout the earth, greater than any sound has ever been released in the history of mankind. Like right now, there's an opportunity through YouTube, through, you know, um, Spotify, through anything. No longer do you have to sit around and wait for a system to approve of your song. Your, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. That means you get to tell your story. It may not be perfect, but neither is you are good, good, oh, oh, like you couldn't even come up with any other words than oh, oh, you know, and there's something that happens in that song that is the message of God being released into the earth to tell people how good he is there's a goodness that 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 he wants to make known when maybe some people think he's a harsh judge or some people think that he's going to come on uh strong you get to recraft the message of god and say he is good uh, there's songs um you're a good good father so then it adds stuff to it right it starts to tell us like it's not just that he's good but he's a father he's not just he's not just a good friend he's a father so in that message, the question is like, what has God done in your life that needs to be released? OK, so for me, one of the things that I started doing that my story should encourage all of you, because I was just a worship leader in a church. You know, all the songs you mentioned, uh, other songs that I've gotten to be a part of that are just super honored to be a part of. All of that just came out of me leading worship at my church, and me just writing songs, not pursuing a deal, not pursuing other people trying to release my songs, anything like that. I just wanted to write songs for the church. I wanted to write songs that inspire people to hope. I wanted to be a voice where people heard something, and um, and we've had testimonies of it. Belong to You as an example of that. We let it at a conference of 25,000 people. And we had about seven or eight people afterwards come up to us and say, I was released from a spirit of suicide as soon as you sang that. And I've never even, they weren't even believers. It wasn't even a Christian event. (laughs) These people are coming up, giving their lives to the Lord, being set free because of a song? Wow. You know? No, because of the message of the kingdom of God. You know, the spirit of the Lord is on me for what? to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. So my question is for you, like, what do you expect to happen when the spirit of God is released from you? I think that's a scary question for a lot of us because our upbringings our kind of our traditional setting has established kind of boundaries that I'm not sure God ever intended to be on us. And I'm going to just, you know, I know this is songwriting, but there's a lot more to songwriting than just the technique The basics of songwriting, honestly, is that something needs to be released from you that I feel like is dammed up in you. So good. And, you know, even Jesus says this, he says, those who believe in me will have rivers of living water pouring from their bellies. Like, where's that? You know, Um, why are we so afraid to let rivers of living water pour from our bellies And I think one of the reasons, because we're so afraid to not be perfect in it. We're so afraid that something's going to come out wrong. We're so afraid of what other people will think, you know? And I think that there's something that is happening in the earth that is causing this almost scales to fall from the eyes and realize that what Jesus died for was not to get you to, to bow your and close your eyes and go inward and hold everything inside. Um, remember, I always do this. This is horrible. Um, But, you know, I tell people, some of us don't realize how stuck we are in a traditional setting. And I'm not, this isn't about a charismatic response or anything. I believe God is going to use all kinds of expressions through the earth. Um, So this isn't about a charismatic response, but it is starting to ask ourselves some questions about why we do what we do and what shuts us down. And so I always tell people, you know, Nowhere in the Bible does it say to bow our head and close our eyes. But as soon as I ask us to pray, everybody just, I mean, it's, it's like, it's weird. People who aren't even believers, like I've had waitresses walk up while we're praying for a meal and they bow their head and they're like, here's your food. Oh, you know, and it shuts them down right away, you know? And, um, and I think, I don't think that it was initiated because of an evil intent. I think it was initiated because people felt like this irreverent and that kind of stuff but reverence equals honor and honor equals reverence it's not a volume you know um and so what what the point is for me jesus tells the pharisees he says you're a people who praise me with your lips but your hearts are far from me your worship of me is in vain because it's just rules taught by men for you held on to the traditions of man but let go of the commands of god well what are the commands of god shout to the lord all the earth let us sing let all men lift holy hands in the sanctuary um, you know, sing a new song to the Lord. So the reason I say that is because I feel like in the worship realm, a lot of what's holding you back is sometimes an upbringing that may have not had it all right. And, and God is constantly challenging us to get something to be released from you. And and religion is constantly getting you to shut down and go inward and have this inward kind of like exam And that's not even what David did. David said, hey, you come examine me. You let me know if there's any wicked way in me um, and lead me in the way everlasting. But I don't think it ever silenced his voice. And I think that what I want to do for you is I want to encourage you that there is supposed to be a well that's, you know, we talk about uh, digging the deep wells or, you know, removing the lid from the wells. I think the well is inside of you. I think we've always been looking for the external thing and we're asking God, like, come and do the, do something, do something. But what if, and you can just ask yourself this later and you can, you know, I'm not afraid to be challenged in it, but what if what God is wanting to do is not something that comes to you, but what if it's something that comes through you? What if we're asking God to come and get involved in a situation and the problem that isn't getting God in to the situation, the problem is getting God out of you. So we have to start asking ourselves some questions of what am I afraid of? Why am I so fearful of letting something out? And and so there's things that I've just learned to do when I sit in a room, you know, I no longer write in my head and just try to get some examples and then try to come out with this clever thing in front of everybody. Um, I call it throwing up on paper, you know? And when you throw up, you don't get to choose what comes out. You know what I mean? I know that's kind of disgusting, right? Okay. It's not a songwriting visual you want um, every time you're writing songs. But what I, what I start to do is I start to get in the room with people that I trust and I start letting a river flow out. And we'll talk about a subject and we're all not going to do it at the same time. We're going to be You know, in a room, we want to be honorable to each other. And so we want to listen. And then then I might say, hey, how about something like this? Or hey, do you mind if we just worship for a minute and let's just start letting some rivers flow out a little bit and let's see what starts connecting with us. Let's see, you know, how we do this. Some of you that have um that are more lyricist, sitting down and start just don't sit down and just write it. Like, like push record on your phone and just start speaking just start talking it out and record everything. So you don't forget anything. Then you can go back to it and you can go, Oh man, there's a lot of stuff in here that I probably wouldn't use, but man, this is a gym. Look at what God did in this. I ride in my car. For those of you who say don't have time, like I ride in my car and I hit record for five minutes at a time. And so when I go into a writing room uh, and they go, Hey, you have any ideas? I go, I have 50 ideas. Let me play a couple of them, you know, and I play them and they go, yeah, uh, I don't know about that one. I'll play another one. Like, I don't know. I'll play another one. They'll be like, yeah, I want to write on that one, you know? And then when we write on it, I delete it. That one's gone. You know, that was a song idea that's gone, but I'm going to sit in my car. I'm just going to let a river flow out and I'm not going to be afraid of what it looks like or what it sounds like. Okay. So that's one of the first things that you have to start learning to do is like, even with all the crafting and all the stuff, we can't craft something that's not there. And some of you write more like administrators than you do creatives. You know, you're just going to admin everything, but you can't admin something that's not there. So okay. good. You know? uh, I love Chris Valtin. He said, you know, don't invite admins into the process too early, because he said nothing's ever been accomplished without administration, but nothing's ever been attempted without visionaries. You know, and so. Some of you who are more admin, like partner with people who are more visionaries, but let them have vision and don't start organizing it too early and putting it in place too early. Let it flow a little bit and don't be afraid of the process being messy. Remember when you're birthing something, it's not clean. I don't know if I'm, man, now I'm talking about throwing up and birthing. So, uh, there's so many aspects to this that, that I probably shouldn't be talking about, but word vomit is my specialty. It's awesome. Um, So when we're birthing something, it is going to get messy. There's something that's going to, this isn't going to be clean coming out, but there's something that we're going to be able to, to work with. It's something we're going to be able to mold. Okay. So my first thing that I want to do is I want to get that river flowing out of you. And some of the things you're going to have to remove from your life is going to be fear, uh, fear, fear of what other people think, fear of it's going to be good enough or not. Um, Even some of you that do it at a high level, there's still aspects of what you're doing that um need to be unlocked you know and there's still something and and it doesn't get easier as you become more um yeah i hate to use the word professional but more experience the more experience you get doesn't always make it easier because once i i get a song that works or a couple songs that work it's almost like you know the label especially if you're with a label they're like okay play monkey, get it done again. You know, it's like, put the quarter in the jukebox and hopefully you'll come out with another song just like that one. And you're like, that's actually not how that song worked. When we wrote the song, I wrote the song Miracles with Chris Killala and Stu G, Josh Silverberg. We sat around talking about how Chris had just lost the baby and how he had to stand in a hospital room and and the Lord asked him, "Do do you still believe I'm the God of miracles? Like, you know, God had been speaking to me about starting a ministry called Healing is Right. And so we wrestled through that for the night. We weren't trying to write a song. We were wrestling through a message. When we wrote the song, Belong to You, I had a friend who had just lost a baby, a 14-month-old baby. That day we wrote that song is I got the call that morning. And we wrote, Belong to You. And now think about the words of belong to you if you know it. The enemy can't take what I have or change who I am. I belong to you. Like that's written for a mom and a dad who lost a baby. You know, these aren't just songs that I'm sitting around thinking like, oh, this would be a cool song. This is a great idea. This feels good. Now I'm sitting around like what needs to be said right now to a family and through a family. Right. You know. And so I think one of the ways to start breaking that open a little bit is to start considering not just what needs to come out, but who it needs to come out to. So Jesus, when he steps up, uh, and he, it, the Bible says he steps up and he opens the scroll and he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me to do something right to preach good news. And he has an audience preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to set the captives free. So we've got three people right there that the spirit of the Lord is wanting to minister to, right? So he's going to preach good news to the poor. We're talking about the poor. We're talking about the brokenhearted, and we're talking about the captives. So we're gonna maybe focus on that a little bit. Let's find out who is the brokenhearted in my community. Right. So what is happening in our community that needs to be said to someone? So what I the way that I picture songwriting is I picture songs as me crafting a weapon. I'm actually crafting a weapon to put in someone else's hand. It's not just for me to swing. Over people, or me to swing at their enemy. It's actually for me, you know, the Bible says there's the fivefold ministry. What's the fivefold ministry purpose? To equip the body to do the work, right? So you are actually functioning as a fivefold. Some of you are more evangelistic, and you might have songs that come out that are more evangelistic. You're gonna you're you're actually writing songs more for the lost. And we need those songs. We we actually have such a lack of those songs because I think the body is dominated by teachers right now, which is not a bad. Teachers are a good thing. But it, it needs to have the full functioning fivefold ministry. So what if you write from a position of, Um, evangelism? What if you write from the position of um, an apostle, which is an establisher of the church, and you never feel guilty that all of your songs are just trying to establish the church? You're like, you don't ever write songs for the lost. You're like, yeah, but if I do everything, I don't need other people. If I fulfill every strength, then I don't need other people. And I want to need other people. I think it's important to need other people. So if I write an evangelistic song, I'm probably like this week, I'm writing with uh, Lindy Conant or Lindy Kofer. And um, she is an evangelist, just straight up. All of her songs, I call it the sound of go. Um, all of her songs are the sound of go. And people have tried to shut that down in her. And we talked about it this week. Like they're trying to get her to do other things, not write all those songs. And I told her, do not listen to that voice. It's fine to be well-rounded and things like that. But there's something that you, as you, as you, whoever you are, you get to craft a weapon to put into someone's hand to fight that enemy through the week. So if it's a mom who's at home with their little kids and she's she feels alone, you get to write a song that says he will never leave us or forsake us. And I'm actually probably going to, I'm going to figure out a mom, like I can think of a mom right now, her name's Amy. And I'm going to think of the single mom who's raising two boys. And I'm going to, I'm going to start out calling that song, Amy's song. Hmm. That's how it's starting out. It, it won't end that way because it'll never make CCLI like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's the goal, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so what are we doing? I'm I'm putting a name to it because I'm actually thinking, how many moms out there are there that need a song today as a sword in their hand? And when and when they're with their kids, they get to play this song and they feel like, whoo, like God is with me. He said it's a reminder, like. And that sword, that is the sword. Remember, Second Corinthians chapter ten says, "For the weapons we fight with are not of this world, but they are powerful. The weapons we have. So you have weapons. Some of you may not feel like a fighter, but uh, but you're in a fight, and you get to you get to not just have weapons, you get to create them,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because the weapons that we have are not of this world, but they're powerful to demolish strongholds, arguments." and pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. So all week long, the enemy is trying to work on that mom with an argument that God is not for her, with a stronghold that is keeping her from moving ahead, with a pretension. I don't think this is what pretension means, but I like it. This is my definition. You have tension before anything happens. (laughs) Pretension. I don't even think that's what it means, but that's what it means to me. Like, how many of you have tension before anything even happens? You live in anxiety, you know? So, what if we write a song for that? And we're like, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to be afraid of something um, that that'll probably never arrive, you know, when I, especially when I know that a king is right by my side, you know? So, like, I'm going to stick that in somebody's mouth. And I'm not worried, like, oh man, I hope people like this or I hope this goes. I don't care if it's just for Amy, you know? What about Bob who drives a truck who doesn't even sing songs? You know, he kind of mumbles through worship. But this week he just had some financial real financial struggles and he doesn't he doesn't know about the goodness of God. And I want to tell him about the goodness of God, even in the midst of walking through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes, you know, for I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm not afraid of evil? No, because you are with me. So I'm crafting words like swords want to craft I want to craft, uh, I want to craft uh, um, songs like tools to build foundations, right? So there it's not just one function. It's not like every song is to fight. Some songs are to build. And so some of you who write more hymn like type of songs, what I love about hymns, our hymns are more gonna teach us about God. When I sing it, it puts it puts a theology in me, an idea in me about who God is, and there's a strength to it. But not every song has to go through, um, and and you know, and be an entire chapter of the Bible. You know, um, it, some of them do, though. You know, Jenny Riddle when she wrote Revelation song, she said she actually had seven verses. They actually fought her to go down to three, and she was like, no, they're all needed and they finally got her down to 3 and now i asked her like what are the other 4 she's like i can't remember so it tells you maybe there was too many verses uh, in the one song but i'm sure they were amazing you know but there's certain aspects of what songwriting is for and you need to not be able you need need to not be afraid to release it um, in in the realm you're in don't you don't have to mimic someone else you don't have to try to be someone else Because I feel like some people uh, have said to me like, well, there's already things that have been said, you know, I don't want to repeat that again. But remember in heaven, they sing holy, holy, holy all the time. And God never looks at them like boring, you know, like I'm so over that word. Can't you come up with another word? You're in heaven and you're not that creative. (laughs) Like what's happening, you know? And, um, but I feel like sometimes we're so afraid to use things that have been said or, you know, um, but if God is putting it in you, it's supposed to come from you. And the difference is I may have heard those words sung before, but I've never heard them sung from you. I've never heard them said from you. I've never heard them carried with your experience. And I don't think you understand how frequencies are released from experience. Wow, Something that's carried on the wings of frequencies that God used from the very beginning of time. And the Bible says in the very beginning, his spirit hovered over the waters and that word hovered means to vibrate. And the word vibrate means to be a frequency. So his voice was over the waters and then he directioned his voice and things were created. Well, the word spirit is the same word spirit that says, um, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. So when you speak, things are created. When you speak, chaos comes into order. Uh, I've been asking the Lord for a long time that the the you know so many words have come out like there's going to be a release of a sound on the earth and and if I'm honest, like even when I listened to the release you guys did, I was like that is part of the sound. Like that is part of the sound but i've been trying to define it and i've been trying to ask the lord about it and uh because i was really frustrated when i went to uganda my frustration with uganda was um i think there's a sound that's supposed to come from africa that doesn't necessarily sound like australia and they're all singing hillsong which i love hillsong i'm not asking them to stop singing hillsong i'm just asking them what is the sound of africa come on I want to know, what is the sound of Singapore? I want to know, like, what is the sound that's supposed to come from Mexico? And and it is going to be different, right? And the reason is because one of the things the Bible says, it says John in Revelation, he says, and I heard every nation, every tribe declaring worthy is the lamb, right? Well, so in heaven, he heard every nation, every tribe. So you might maintain a nationality in heaven. I mean, th- that bothers some people because I think some people just think it's all going to be like, you know, we are going to sing Chris Tomlin songs there in English. I don't know, but um I think it's gonna be every voice, every tongue, every color, every nation, every tribe, every tongue will be released. And I think God likes it in your tongue. I think God likes it in your nationality. I think God's not afraid of that. I think there's something about it that God loves, that everyone came together and they didn't all look the same. That's what makes it more powerful. It is not powerful if we all look and sound the exact same. But what God is wanting released from us is not just a sound of a style. He's wanting the sound of authority. Come on. So Jesus, when he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart and set the captives free. The Bible says that the people were amazed at his teaching because he spoke with authority, unlike the teachers of the law. And what I don't need you to do is just to disseminate some information. As a songwriter, I do not need you to just tell me more information about God. I need you to relay an experience. I need the spirit of God to breathe through you and you not be afraid to go past even some of the things you've learned and let it flow out of you. That's why the presence of God is so important for us. And just to to be a people of the presence, to be a people who seek who he is and desire him, because it reveals like, I don't want to use my own words even jesus this is a little scary right jesus tells the disciples don't even think about what you're going to say just open up your mouth and i'll fill it with words why cuz one of the reasons cuz our minds are so captured by knowledge but not by experience if i only know my wife through knowledge it's not a great marriage i've experienced her i've you know i've held her hand walking down a beach you know, I can tell you divine moments for her where her and I have had experiences with God together. And, and, and there's things that, um, you know, sitting across the table from her uh, on an anniversary, looking in her eyes, uh, there's experiences that go beyond knowledge. And I think God wants you to experience him. And the songs will be birthed out of the experience, you know. And then you'll get to look in the eyes of other people and say, I have a gift for you. I have something for you. And I would even I would even challenge you when you write the songs and then the person's name on it, the first thing you do is send it to that person. And just say, I thought about you today. So the song I Speak Jesus was actually written. I actually wrote it with Jesse Reeves. I sang it with Darlene, but I actually wrote it with Jesse Reeves, who's okay. a mm-hmm. um a bass player. With he played for Chris Tomlin. He wrote he wrote the song, How Grace Our God, and some of those songs. And I was in Montana. We actually had um four girls writing with us who were new writers, just worship leaders. We were just, we were kind of doing a worship training or a songwriting training. So we were just some of the, a couple of these girls had never even written a song. And so we just wanted to write a song. Uh, Jesse prayed a prayer. They asked him to pray right before we started writing. And so Jesse, if you know, Jesse's kind of interesting guy. So he just goes, um, I'll pray. He goes, uh, Jesus. And he goes, yep. That's all I want to say. I was like, what a weird dude. Um, like, (laughs) so weird. And so then we went to write, we wrote a song, took us about three hours. We wrote a song. We had about an hour left. And he goes, do you want to write another one? And I was like, yeah, I was like, let's write on your prayer. And he goes, well, all I said was Jesus. And I was like, yeah, first it was funny. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, that's kind of what I want to say over my community. Like that's actually what I want to say over my family. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. So I just kind of basically sang that chorus and we were like, well, what do we do for verses? And so we asked them, Hey, can you name a person in your church? That's going through a battle right now and we'll declare the name of Jesus over it. So they said like, man, peace of mind. We need peace of mind. And they'd name a person. They say, we have a family that's really battling with depression. We had a family who just went through addiction. So the verses of the song, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus. Like, those weren't just things we pulled out of the air, like, you know, oh, here's a here's a mental disease. Let's Let's sing over that. No, we were like, who's battling and who's battling what? And let's write a song to stick in their hand. And we wrote that song in 45 minutes. And actually at the end of the night, we sang it. And nobody even was like, oh, that's a great song. Actually, they picked a different song uh, of mine. They didn't even pick that one. But then I came back to my church and I was like, this is so simple. I just started singing it one day. And when we got to shout Jesus for my family, the room, like, the roof really about blew off. And I was like, Oh dang. Um, So I realized like there's something on this and it, and I didn't even mean to necessarily write it. We were just writing it for our families. So I wasn't overthinking it. I just wanted to put a, a sword in their hand, you know? And so giving them authority. Now I have people call me all the time, like, bro, that song, I speak Jesus, one of the simplest songs I've ever sung. But when we sing Jesus for my family, something in the room changes. And, and I just want to encourage you like, one of the reasons we did it was because we didn't overthink it. We thought about people, which I think God loves. We thought about hope, which God is. And we thought about how do we put those two things together to make it memorable for them. So uh, there's something about getting it in your spirit that starts to override that flesh, you know, and I feel like songs are seeds. And they grow up at the right time in the right place for the right moment. And uh, so I would just encourage you. Those are the things for me in songwriting that really causes me to dig in uh, each time I sit down, uh, trying to think for other people, trying to think what is God saying in the earth right now? And how do we as a church uh, use our voice to do it? So. Wow. I think I talked for 45 minutes without taking a breath. So, wow. Wow. And-
1: I didn't even have to chime in and keep you going. Yeah. Actually, I texted Jake at the beginning of the call because, you know, he likes me to banter a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I need to banter. I said, he's got a presence <laughs> that's really carrying the room. And uh, wow. Are you guys just like, wow? Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Um, I don't want to lose what I'm sensing right now um, just yet. But I really, uh, and Dustin, we talked about this before we all got on the call together here. Yeah. Um, would you pray? Because you've you really got the plumb line. Like mm-hmm. you really do. Um, I believe for what God is doing this season and in us and wants to do through us. Could you pray a prayer of release? Even when you were talking about fear or people not overthinking it or you know the in and the through. You know, yeah. I just really sense that, um, there's just gonna be even some shackles that you know, maybe have held people back or fear of men, or maybe someone said they, oh, I don't like your song that maybe made them feel afraid to write again, you know, like why? Yeah,
2: um,
1: but guys, let's pray into that. and um let's just really lean in. Don't bow your head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can bow your head. Yeah, as long as you're gonna shout later, I'm good with you bowing your head now. So as long as you do both, I'm okay with. <laughs> good. Okay, let's pray all right. Jesus, I'm super thankful for people who set themselves aside to be able to uh, do their best to be a voice for you. And everything that we know, the enemy wants us to be silenced and we refuse to be silenced. So I remove every arrow that's been shot at you to keep you intimidated enough to not have a voice. Uh, God is wanting to work through uh, the least of these, so you're qualified. Uh, You know, uh, I feel like God is wanting to right now encourage you, which means put courage back in you for the fight. And the enemy has tried to discourage you, and I silence the voice of the accuser that says, You're not good enough, you can't do this, you don't line up. Uh, The church would never accept it. The church will never accept you. Uh, Everything that tries to make you feel rejected uh, by the spirit of God, you are a child of adoption. So in this, you have a good father who wants you to win. And I pray for a childlike spirit in you that starts riding from a childlike spirit again. That there's something that's released from you that is so innocent that it doesn't overthink things. Kids don't overthink things. They do it because they want to please the father. And so I pray for hearts that just want to please the father. And I pray for the dam to break the things that have kept you held back from releasing a sound in the earth. I break that thing. And I say no more. And I really, I really do stir up the waters and release a river from you that the spirit of God would be released From you, and it would not just be for the nations, but it would be for your home. I pray over your homes that your homes would be flooded with peace and life, that the anxiety and all the wrestle of this past season would be overwhelmed by the goodness of God, and you would feel uh, all anxiousness go away. You would feel it dissipate now as peace and as life and as joy come in the room. I I just release that into your homes and into your families. I pray that songs would be released uh, from you that would bring hope to those around you, to friends, to relationships. I pray that songs go out like swords and cut down every effect of the enemy. And I pray that every weapon formed against you would not prosper. Everything that tries to stop you would not prosper. And I also pray for such a unity in this group. I think it is power, that we're finding each other around the world and there's a connection that god is wanting and and his word says that he releases a blessing. He commands a blessing where brothers dwell in unity. And so there's such a unity that God is wanting to release where we consider each other, where we prefer one another, where all racism dies, where all differences die, where we get to look at the face of Jesus together as a people of God. And there is something that comes out of us that's not even of us. It gets to be released through the earth so the knowledge of the glory of God Will flood the earth, and I pray that you would um, that you would release this group to be one of those that lead the way in being able to bring the dead awake. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.